organized discussion, that, that's just not gonna fly. You know, I try, Dan. A try. <laughs> Plus, I wanted to introduce you. I had a special introduction I wanted to do for you this week. Okay. I wanted to say, I wanted to say, and Blaze's outsider, French Tuck Danny. Hey, thank, thanks, Dan France, for that one. Okay. I know. I just, <laughs> it, it, just on, on the on the off chance that somebody doesn't know what the French Tuck is, uh. the French Tuck is a fashion choice that has recently been made even more popular by Tan France from Queer Eye. And it is like basically you loosely tuck in one part of your shirt into your jeans and everybody looks good in it. And I was so excited when I saw your promo pictures and you had the French tuck. I'm, yep. so, impre I'm so impressed. Yeah, that, uh, that photo is from the shoot for the, for the new... Blizz's Outsiders post-game show, and uh, yeah, we had to, to walk at the camera and, <laughs> hey, all right, laugh and have fun, and yeah, <laughs> I, I, I had the uh, the French tuck tucked in there, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I, was, I was feeling myself a little bit, because I had the, uh, your skinny the French jeans tuck, and your French and tuck. not yeah, skinny jeans, slim fit. You so didn't was, do the, um, the, the cuff. That's like the final piece is you have to roll up your sleeves a couple rolls. And I don't think you had your sleeves rolled up. So yeah, you haven't no. fully embraced the queer eye look until you do the French tuck and the rolled sleeves. So maybe next time they do a photo shoot, you can make sure that that's going on. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I don't think I will ever get to, to that level. Um, that, one's, that one's a tough for me to uh, Oh, come on. You've been working out. You know you're just dying to show show your guns. Hey, you know I, I have I have been been working out and I've lost a tremendous amount of weight and I need to lose a tremendous amount more. Um, if any any indication from last season's promo photos to this season's, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it was a, honestly it was a really fun night. We're gonna do one more later this week. Actually, I think it's tomorrow night. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to switch it up. I'm, I'm maybe go with a, a different style of jean, but I still may bring the, uh, the French tuck in. Okay, just remember, you roll up the sleeves. But speaking of guns, we were talking about Myers Leonard and um, how he's been playing. But I, Okay, so I wanted to start and do this like methodically about um, what we have seen so far in the preseason because we have three games now to sort of uh, digest. And... You know, the Toronto game, I guess, was against a sig pretty significant opponent because of the, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard. And then tonight's uh, game against Utah, you know, we, we all know that Utah is a really great team. But like the rest of our preseason games this year are going to be another one against Phoenix and yeah. Sacramento. <laughs> so I don't it, know. It'll that be a we're good gonna... work for the big guys. Right. Well, and I don't know that we're going to learn you know, a tremendous amount more after the next two games have taken place. I think, I feel like we've probably learned a lot of what we're going to learn. So can we start with that? What have we learned now across uh, the three games about the Blazers? Maybe stuff. Why don't you start with like some things that maybe surprised you that you weren't expecting? Uh, the easy one for me is Nick Stauskas doing things off the dribble and facilitating within the offense, like initiating plays, getting to the rim, finding guys in the backside of plays like we know he can shoot yeah. he's played through dysfunction in sacramento and brooklyn and philadelphia i mean he was in sacramento with boogie and there's that whole 
situations documented. Then he's, you know, in, in Brooklyn where it's a, a dumpster fire and he's playing in Philly during the process. Like those are three of like the worst possible situations you could ever put yourself in. And so he probably didn't get a fair shake uh, as far as his skill set, but it's also incumbent upon him to, to come outside of his shell. So being more than your, this is going to sound terrible, like your token white guy spot up shooter. Like he's, I, I, I think that's a pretty fair assessment of how he's viewed or how he was viewed when he was signed. Like, oh, yeah. he's one of these guys. I thought he was a three-point shooter. I thought he was brought in to be a three-point shooter. And I spent, like, the last two days writing a piece on Blazer's Edge about the way, like, the preferred shooting positions from a lot of the players. And so I thought I had learned all this stuff about how our new guys shot. And they, like, went out and did completely the opposite <laughs> of everything they've done before. So I guess that's the, the danger that you run in, like, actually trying to write something down. But, um, yeah, with, uh, with Stauskas... Uh, I mean, I didn't, like, watch a lot of tape of him or anything, but, like, that was the line on him is that the Blazers went out and they really wanted him because they signed him right at the deadline and they got him to be a, a three-point shooter, which he seems to be perfectly effective at. But especially tonight, he showed that he has a broader skill set, uh, you know, He's, he's trying right to show that. exactly. <laughs> like he's he's creating off the bounce, and, and I think this is this is something that it's and coming upon like Evan Turner playing in particular, like Stauskas, I think was filling a little bit of that point forward role where he was initiating the offense with that second unit, knifing down the middle, looking for his own shot, looking for uh, players on the the weak side of the play when the help did come. Um, there was a couple times when he was out of control, a couple times when he got caught in the air. Like those are those are things you typically see from somebody who's not doing it regularly. So I think he's trying mm -hmm. to operate a little bit out of his comfort zone, which is fine. That's what preseason's for. He's also trying mm -hmm. to show that he can do these things consistently, regularly within the flow of the offense, because that's what that's what get him that, having the multiple skill sets. We've talked about this uh, God, I don't even know how many times the idea of the Blazers having too many players that are siloed. They have like, they have mm -hmm. this skill set and this skill set and that's what they do. Having somebody that, that has a broader scope is fundamental to the Blazers being more successful this year, or even getting back to repeating their win total from last year. Uh, mm -hmm. That's why you're looking for that from Collins. You're looking for that from Seth Curry. You're looking at that, that, that from Stauskas and, and from Nurkic, Aminu, Harkless, like, Basically everybody outside of Damon CJ because those are the only two guys who give you you know the the, the across the box score contribution nightly where you're you're counting on those those hard counting stats Nurkic to to an extent too. Well, earlier in the summer with regards to Nick Stauskas, I mean, uh, we were kind of thinking that we weren't going to see him all that much, and nope. I mean, and now didn't even think he would dress. Like I figured it'd be him and Simons with Trent kind of pushing the envelope for that spot. Yeah. Trent has, has looked the part, but he has shot abysmally so far in the preseason. So much so, I think yeah. it might have impacted his minutes tonight. Like the, I, the, I feel like Trent is, fits the description of the guy who goes through the more typical uh, measured development plan mm -hmm. where we won't see him much at all this year. Maybe he gets G League time. Next year, he comes and he sits for every game, and he occasionally gets in when there's an opportunity because someone's out. But we don't see him for big stretches, and then in the third year, you know, he'll have a chance to get more run, which is kind of like what I'm expecting. We're going to see with Jake. We've Lehman seen from Connaughton. Now we're year. seeing with Lehman. Yeah, we, we're seeing it from from those yeah. guys that the Blazers. It's a pretty regular. Alan Crab, uh, Crab, and CJ, yep. and yeah, that's just uh, and that just seems like how things will play out for 
him and the, the you know, Stasi in development. Right. And Stauskas is a little bit older. He has been around. You know, he has a similar past kind of to um, to Turner having been in just places that were just like a bad fit. But then Turner got to go to Boston where he did have a, a, a good run. But before that, things were uh, rough for him before he found a place where he could play his right position. So anyway, yeah, I'm excited about South. He had that one tonight or in Sunday, you know, the, it's Sunday night in the game tonight, he had a pass to Myers that like, I couldn't even figure out how he saw the rat pass. How he got corner. it to Myers. The one, no, the one underneath the basket that Myers took up for a dunk. Oh yeah. And I couldn't, did Stauskas and Leonard have, have, have had a couple really good connections already. They seem to yeah. have built a little bit of a rapport, and that's probably they're probably playing together with each other in practice. They're probably playing with each other at the practice facility leading up to training camp and then during training camp. Like, that's that's probably a unit that's, that's spending time together. Yeah, I, actually, I'm, I'm watching the replay of the game right now, the little underhanded scoop pass from yeah, Stauskas drifting down the lane to the back cut of Myers. Yeah, no, that was, that was it, a phenomenal That play. one made me laugh because I when they showed it first at the, the regular angle – I couldn't figure out what was like. How did he how, get that? Where did, where did he come from? Through. And then they showed it from up above, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." And it totally reminded me of the thing that has taken social media by storm this week with the um, the Kobe. <laughs> the Matt Barnes Kobe. Yeah, the Matt yep. Barnes Kobe thing, where Matt Barnes, like all these years, it looks like it's just like gone right in Kobe's face. But then when you look at it from the angle above, it's like, "Oh, okay." That makes sense. He was actually farther away from his face than he looked. So anyway, that just made me laugh tonight Anything when I finally to, to chip away saw that replay. At Kobe's legacy, <laughs> you're I, all I am, in favor of. I, all, yeah. I, I am <laughs> fully supportive of. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go with other big scope things. And we, we touched on it a little bit. Myers, say what yeah. you want. The dude is stepping out on the floor, and offensively, he is delivering. Defensively, it's kind of a push. Um, he has been physical, and I know people have been just begging for him to be physical, you know, in the paint and being a big guy. And we've seen that from him, like against the Raptors. I, he threw Greg Monroe down like two or three times tonight. Right. He was wrestling with Gobert and uh, Derek favors and Ekpe Udo. Like he, oh, he absolutely no problem mixing it up in there right now. I was looking for a gift to post about Myers because he reminded me of like, as if he was like a giant squid and he was just like attacking somebody under the basket because I mean, he was, he was everywhere. He was like all like his, his hands. He just looked like somebody that you would not want to be under the basket. He was with. using all seven foot all one, 270 him. pounds of his Greek God frame. Yeah. And throwing dudes around. About seven appendages. Is, it just yeah. felt like he had extra arms and legs to pull this off. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, like, I, yeah. like, it's going... <sighs> the Blazers really need him to do what something with this unit. Because you and I have, have talked about this kind of back and forth over the past couple of days. This second unit is going to struggle in some places. Um, while I love Stauskas' effort, you saw it when he got matched up with Alec Burks tonight that the... I don't want to say he's exposed, but there's certainly a difference between his foot speed defensively and a Mo Harkless, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, Burks is going to turn the corner on him and make him look slow. Um, so if they are not going to be as tight defensively, they need to make up for that in some capacity. And, and what can Myers Leonard do is do what he's done so far in this preseason, which is shoot 9 of 12 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 
get a few rebounds, get a few assists. Like Myers' shots, I think they've all been threes or dunks. Mm-hmm. Like Myers said, like they Those two dunks exact, a game. Yeah, the high money ball. Yeah. The the money ball, ball. You know what's interesting is so again back to the thing that I was writing today where I was learning about trying to figure out what people's regular shots are. Mm-hmm. I was looking at their shot charts, and Myers. I was comparing Myers to Zach because there was sort of like, okay, who's going to go in in the second unit? Let's figure out where they like to get their shots. And Myers, you know, has a much smaller um, set of shot or. Um, a much far, a much smaller set to draw from because he played fewer games last year. But when you just look at his shot chart, there's like very little parts of the floor that he shoots from that he doesn't shoot at least average, if not above average, if not above, compared yeah. to the rest of the league. There's like a little part on the left side where he's not great, and then he's not great from the right corner. But everywhere else, under the basket, in the mid-range, and in the three, well, he's at least slightly above average. And uh, Collins, looking at his, was like he's got a nice uh, right above the break, and in the left corner, he is strong. And then there's a little bit of the right side of the, um, in the mid-range, but the rest of it, you know, he's under the league average. He's struggling yeah. to score. And it was, just, I just was like, wow, Myers is like, even though it was a small sample size, like everywhere he had a really good chance of hitting the ball <laughs> or yeah. hitting that. No, it, hitting it exactly that it. And that, that has always been my, my, and he's my wrestling gripe, like my cry. Or, people you know, under, yeah. Is, listen, he's got a skill set. He can dunk, he can knock down threes, and he can be big. Like, mm-hmm. The Blazers need all of those things. It just it, it makes me wonder. I mean, I guess I guess I'm trying to figure out why he wasn't able to get to the floor last year. But he does look. I know we say this every Ed year. Ed Davis. But he does look different because you don't. He's not. You don't hear see that like terrific wind up that he usually does when he's going to shoot a three. I don't know if he's catching it higher or if he's just getting it off. He sped it a up lot a little bit faster. He, he sped his shot up ever so slightly. Well, I don't think he's catching it as low as he used to. I think because I just every time he shot it, he looked like he was like winding up a um, a fishing pole, you know, because mm-hmm. it just took so long to get up there, and it felt like it was going, you know, from way down wherever he caught it up to the top. And then I was listening this summer to um, Alex Kennedy interviewed Drew Hanlon, and he was talking about some of the things that Drew Hanlon's shooters work on, and one of the things they work on is where you catch the ball bringing the pocket you, up higher so you're already you want to have shot. it right in your hand as little as possible mm-hmm. and maybe that's what's sped up for Myers but anyway it just seems like things have sped up for him this year and I'm trying to figure out like what the major differences were between last year and this year that kept him off the floor last year and how might they show themselves this year and last year it just seemed like you know he was slow when he had the ball in his hand and that just made it hard to have him out there yeah, the, the, the hesitation, too, and that's the one thing I, I've, I've noticed more than anything is his lack of hesitation this year. Like, he's there, there's no pump fakes and dribble to the side. It's, here's the action, here's what I'm going with. Well, like, yeah, and he still hesitated a couple of the times. The Toronto game, but, in particular. But he was able to turn it directly into something else. It wasn't like, a, I hesitated and I lost my chance and now I don't know what to do. It was like, I hesitated, I lost my chance, I'm going with plan B, here it is. Boom, the done. perfect example is the, the Toronto one that I, I know a lot of people bemoaned it when it happened, was he caught the ball, he had the open shot, he didn't take it, but instead of panicking or just handing the ball off or doing whatever, he dribbles to the left, little gather dribble, 
puts the ball on the floor and goes to attack, and the defense collapses a little bit, and he swings it over to uh, C.J. McCollum, who's wide open on the three-point line. Like, why the def- defender decided he was going to leave C.J. McCollum on the three-point line, I'll never know. Like, mm. Myers is not a threat to take somebody off the bounce regularly. If you're helping in that situation, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> 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 let's just, just go there. Um, but Myers made the right play. He recognized the help defense, drew it down, and then kicked it out. Like, that's a big-time step from a guy who everybody was getting pissed off at the fact that, you know, once he passes up on the shot, all of a sudden he looks flustered and it didn't look right. There was a time tonight where I heard a few people in front of me in the crowd kind of moan when he passed up a shot, but the defender did half-close, and it was Rudy Gobert. Like, if you're going to hesitate on somebody, Rudy Gobert is the guy it's okay to hesitate on. Like, um, I'm not feeling this. Rudy's the best shot blocker in the league. He can close this gap. And by him coming out, it's going to open things up. So Myers holds the ball, put the, you know, decides to put it down on the floor after everything's kind of settles back down because it was a secondary break. And he t- turns his back, goes to the dribble handoff to CJ, I believe it was. It was with the three-guard lineup when it was him and Collins and then um, Seth, Damon, CJ out there. And we'll talk about three-guard lineup a little bit here in a, uh, here in a little while. Mm-hmm. But Myers goes – he directs the offense at this point in time. He tells CJ, hey, come get the dribble handoff and we'll work the pick and roll off the DHO here. And that's a mm-hmm. huge, huge change from the flustered, flummoxed, bothered, rushed, uh, hesitating, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Myers Leonard of the past. And, and that may not seem like a lot to a lot of people, but that is a big time change to where that all of a sudden that stuff looks natural. And, and that's, that's a huge change and a positive change that I'm really excited to see. I feel, if nothing else, way more relaxed when I'm – watching what <laughs> when, yeah. when he gets the ball it's the same way because that we used to feel, feel like about he, i feel like Aminu. he's more relaxed yeah like aminu in the fast break three years ago was terrifying now you're like it's not the best but we can work with this you know that's 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 the comfort level you start developing mm-hmm. well no i mean i i think aminu has always been an adventure when he has the fast break um but i think that myers himself has actually relaxed into it and so it's it, he doesn't tell a, what do you, not telepath. Uh, what do you call it when you emote something? He doesn't emote a kind of nervousness that we all catch on to. He seems more confident and it's just more relaxing for me to watch. But speaking of big guys who take threes, mm-hmm. Myers may have competition <laughs> as a three-point shooting big for the You Portland didn't Trail believe Blazers. me. I told you he was going to do it. I told that, you. I, it's a it's a wonderful thing mm-hmm. if he keeps hitting them. I mean, he's really, going to take two a game. One, one and a half, two a game. You think he is? Yep. You think he's going to? Because, like, by the time he took the second one, Donovan Mitchell jumped out on him. Like, yep. you know, he's draw, he's already drawing defenses. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think, because if you think about it, he took one and a half Three? to two uh, mid-range shots a game last year. Right, and they were usually like just a like foot eighteen to twenty footers. <laughs> so Stotts is like, listen, if you're gonna take that damn yeah. shot, make it worth one more point. Take a big step back. Yeah, call it good. But yeah, I mean, so that's, so you I, think I, this is something that we're gonna see throughout? He's the not. Season. He's gonna take threes the same way Paul Gasol or or Mark Gasol take threes. Like, so they're still gonna be there, like remarkable. Like, whoa. Yeah. But they have a much better chance of, but they, but they have a chance of going in. Yeah, I, I legitimately think so. I think it's going to be one of those things where defenders going to on, on a on a pick and roll, or they're they're running that that five out uh, offense with Nurkic above the break. 
you know, working through the DHO or working off the pick and roll up top, and the defender's going under or soft hedging, like just dropping off, Nurkic just kind of does a little soft roll and pops up above the three-point line, and then the, the defense commits to Dame or CJ or Seth or whoever it is, ET, they go, okay, and you kick it out to Nurkic, and Nurkic's going to make them pay. Like, I have no problem believing that he'll, he, he can hit 35 36%. Like, I'm not expecting him to go out there and be, like, a legit stretch five. But knocking one down every now and then, making the defense pay for collapsing hard, and that seems to be something that the Blazers are doing a ton of. We'll, we'll talk about that as well. But, like, going not just to the rim to, to suck the defense, but, like, going towards the rim with authority. And we've seen that from multiple guys. And if Nurkic can capitalize off that instead of always hard rolling, and if th- mm-hmm. that pop out, now the defense has to keep that in the back of their head. And that's, that's a big change. I mean, if, if the Blazers will have a big man who could potentially shoot a three on the floor at all times, that five shooters. Changes everything. Yes. Five <laughs> really shooters. If you, if you can go to five out with that starting lineup, Dame, CJ, so, Harkless, Aminu, Nurkic, and they can all shoot 35% or better from three, that fundamentally changes how a defense has to react. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how they plan. I mean, mm-hmm. every, yeah, everything will change. So it'll be really interesting to see if that continues. But it wasn't even really his offense that was – really outstanding tonight in my opinion his defense was fantastic and here's here's what I was worried about with Nurkic I was worried that he would try to do too much mm-hmm. and I think when he first came to Portland I think he had a lot of adrenaline as a result of that trade and he tried to do a ton of things all at once and he was able to because mm-hmm. he had that big adrenaline rush from just get arriving and then last year that died down a little bit, and I was afraid that he'd go back to trying to do everything, and he wouldn't be able to, but he seems like he's really put a lot more pieces in place so that mm-hmm. he can be fantastic on defense as well as step out and take the threes. And I'm so glad that this is um, the year of Yusuf Nurkic. I am here for it. Defensively, he has looked great. At the rim, stepping outside the paint, being active in the passing lanes, like it's, it's all been there. Uh, he the had several blocks tonight. Three five, blocks? five, five yeah. in what twenty-five wow. minutes, twenty-four mm-hmm. minutes, something like that. Yeah. Nope. Between Dame, CJ, and Nurkic, none of them played more than twenty-seven minutes. Well, here's the thing I thought about Nurkic tonight. At the end of the night, I was thinking, uh, Rudy Gobert didn't look that impressive. I mean, fighting That's against huge. Nurkic. Like, I know. That, I mean, massive. am I wrong about that? Or was no. Because I was like, whoa. Because I no, didn't think Rudy Gobert has given him nightmares. Gobert has given him just hell over and over and over again. Dame has consistently torched Gobert, which is weird. Um, yeah. He always like, goes up, has that one like, dunk over him yeah, or something. Yeah, dunks on him. It's like, what are you – like? <laughs> th- th- this is the guy you saved the dunk for, Dame? Good God, man. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, – yeah, no, I thought Nurkic, I mean, he was 8 of 9 tonight. I mean, he couldn't do anything wrong other than turn the ball over. And listen, if you're going to experiment a little in the preseason, like, cool. Well, that, mm-hmm. That's fine. Get We're that stuff out of your system. We're not going to get super worried about the fact no. that they had a ton of turnovers tonight? No, I think that's a little bit sloppy, and I think Stotts will rein that in. Um, yeah. Plus, they had not, a lot of uh, young young guys who yeah, that like, second, to get their feet under them. That second lineup, you know, in the fourth or third fourth lineup whatever you want to call it in the, in the fourth quarter was yeah. that was the, that was something the third team is a little yeah scary. the, the 20 the 22 and under club scary yeah that, that was um 
You know, let's let's just jump into that real quick because that's that's another takeaway. Sure. My hot take of Anthony Simons has it mm-hmm. not looking all that hot. <laughs> Look, looking pretty cold so far. He just looks young. I, I, uh, there's I no argument there. He looked, the kid, the kid looks like he's 12. Like, I get where no you're doubt. coming from, though. I get, I get where you're coming from. He's, yeah, he just is really raw. He hasn't even, you know, he's been playing against high schoolers up until now. Mm-hmm. So his first live I, NBA action. I don't think action. your hot take is that, is that far. I, I think it could potentially still be a thing. What? That it's a hot take? No, I mean, I think you saying that he has it. I don't. I don't think the door's closed on it yet. No, I, I don't think so at all. I, I think he looks very confident. And cool. I mean, Dame says he's going to pass the franchise off to the kid in 10 years. I know. That was like, oh. That's what I mean. There's something about this kid. You could just see it that just like, okay, I, I see what you're going for. I mean, his first real action against NBA caliber competition against the Toronto Raptors was him going on at, at Kawhi Leonard in a pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if that doesn't say a lot about his level of confidence, I don't know what does. Yeah. But, but he, I mean, he, we none of these guys have a lack of confidence. They wouldn't be here, really, if they, you know, had a lack of confidence. Uh, Although we just spent five minutes say, discussing Myers Leonard. Yeah, so. I'd say Myers, <laughs> Jake, um, Stauskas, uh, Aminu in his shot, Harkless in his... I think the only guy guys you could say have never really... We've had, the, like, visibly seen confidence issues are... Dame, CJ, to an extent, Nurkic. Hmm. Okay. Um, everybody else, I think, has shown some some confidence issues it's at, at one point or another. That's okay, because outside of those guys, most of these guys are 24 years old or younger. Right. Like, okay. that, that's that's a real thing. Like, it, 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 that's okay. Um, I, I am not going to get through this entire podcast without saying, God, does Donovan Mitchell look good, really good up close and personal? <laughs> I'm looking at the box Good, score you said here. It. Can we move on? And I just, I just had to, I had to get it in there because man, uh, mm. Joe and Shane had to make sure that you know that I, I didn't try to sneak a picture with him, which of course I did. Um, <laughs> um, Are we done with the Donovan Mitchell segment of the podcast? Uh, almost. No, no. It, it, it is. It, um, it, it was nice to see Dame and Mitchell kind of go at it to start the game. Like they, they were both getting downhill very mm-hmm. early, um, mm-hmm. and I you know talk about like the the takeaways from the game, the big picture stuff. Damian Lillard continues to look just damn good. He and CJ looked amazing, and I kept thinking, Unreal. I kept thinking how much I miss um, when you knew that if Dame or CJ had the ball in their hands, it was going in. Yeah, just how, it's how been simple. A while. Yeah, because you, you you get summer league where yeah the Blazers played well won the championship but it's a different level of play when well when it's also dame, a different group of players yeah but I mean, that's, that's what i mean but i mean when dame had the ball there like once he got rolling it was like and he finished nine of 11 and he actually only missed one shot they gave, they charged him with a missed shot when he threw the ball off the glass to nurkic mm. so even though he was nine of 11 he's really only nine of 10 that was a missed three so mm-hmm. um the, again, the, the, you want to look at the black mark in the preseason, the turnovers. Six turnovers is yeah. a little bit. But yeah. I, I, the, the turnovers that I saw in particular, there was three of them that I saw where Dane took more 
a more aggressive approach to passing than I've seen from him in a very long time. He was trying to hit guys cutting on the baseline from up high through a lot of hands. And it, it, mm-hmm. inadvisable. Does it look to you like he's trying harder to facilitate yes. more and move the ball around and give, you know, um, give it, other er- guys shots? Early on, no. Early on, it was him getting going offensively, but he was working off the ball. I think I think three of his first four shots came of him off the ball. Well, and remember in the uh, game against Phoenix, he didn't even score a point until like the second he was half. In, I think. Yeah, he was in cruise control, but setting everybody else up. I think he actively yeah. was was like, okay, Doing I'm not that shooting. On yeah, like, and in that game, you kind of throw it away because one, no Booker, two. Outside of of uh, Aiton, there's no f- inside presence. The Blazers just got whatever they wanted at the rim at will. Like it, that was, well, it, was yeah, a, it was a Phoenix. layup line. It was a layup line as long as Aiton was on the floor. Um, well, and that's what I. That's why I figured that Damian wasn't scoring is because it was a good opportunity. Yeah, for get them the other to guys. run a bunch of sets mm-hmm. and see some success, so that you know, give people a little bit of uh, um, confidence. When it comes into a, a playing a harder opponent like they had tonight in in Utah, but uh, one thing we touched on br- super briefly earlier, you wanted to come back to was that three guard lineup. We started talking about that last year with Shabazz and mm-hmm. Dame and CJ, and it looks like they're expanding that or at least um, trying toying again with, with the idea personnel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, with with Turner and Harkless out, they were very shorthanded at the forward position, uh, and they probably wanted to get a look at that three guard lineup, anyways. So mm-hmm. you get Seth Curry getting out, coming out there and getting the start. And again, caveating everything with Steph Curry. Steph, Steph, Seth Curry gets Larry. In, in my, I've changed his name to Larry. There we go. Perfect. I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I don't have enough time in my life <laughs> to sit there for thirty seconds every time I have to the say other his Curry. name to yeah. remember. So I'm just calling him Larry. Perfect. Larry Curry. Um, Larry, Larry went out there today and, like I said, give him a month. Give him the full yeah. month to fully absorb the system, playing competitive basketball. Because he played 21 minutes tonight and he got, what, six shots up? And, mm-hmm. like, some of those were just, like, they weren't even shots that you would think that he was getting kind of in rhythm as part of the offense. More of, like, hey, I need to get a shot up. Like I, yeah. I need, like the offense needs me at this point in time. This is the shot that I have to take, so I'm taking it. Like in a shot clock or floor balance, spacing, all those things. Um, didn't shoot particularly well, two of six from the floor, of three from from three. But I I thought he looked much more comfortable, and the spacing that it afforded the Blazers by having Dame, CJ, and Curry on the floor at the same time. It's like oh, there's three guys on the floor right now who can all dribble, pass, and shoot. Like you mm-hmm. can't cheat off one side you can't load up one side of the floor like even if you load up one side of the floor against dame you can still help him recover to one guy in that case you know cj but if seth curry's on the opposite side in the weak side corner now that's a really really long rotation and we actually saw a few plays where they swung the ball all the way across the weak side corner which takes a level of basketball knowledge savvy iq whatever to understand what the defense is doing and to know where when and where that spot was going to open up and I thought the Blazers did a pretty decent job of finding that and exploiting that tonight. And that was because that lineup has so much shooting on the floor. Mm-hmm. I think that he, like you said, Seth needs a little bit of time to get used to it. Cause I mean, looking at his, he looks, first of all, he looks like he feels great, you know? So like it, it doesn't appear that he's like, yeah. 
anything. Yeah, like it doesn't appear like there's any lingering effects from his leg or mm -hmm. whatever. Because I know you've you've been worried, uh, I think, about um, whether or not that was something that he could really come back from. Yeah, being out so, a year is never a good thing. Right. So, so I feel like it's going to yeah. take him a while. I think we talked about this last time. Is that it's going to take him a while to work into it? But like I was looking over his shot charts, and they are beautiful. Mm -hmm. He is a Beautiful He's a shooter. shooter. Yeah. And with Dallas, he was getting up 10 shots a game. And I don't know if, you know, and primarily out of the pick and roll. He's going to get, but um, yeah, he's going to, he's going to get, uh, I think th he'll get going, I think, once he gets a little bit more familiar. And he's somebody I really, I think I talked, again, like I think I talked about this last week. He's somebody I'm pretty excited about um, if everything comes to fruition. And you always temper that by saying, yeah, but if he does really well, then he'll be gone. And I'm just gonna say I mean, I'm just gonna enjoy the year or two that that he does that he does have because I think he's fun to watch too. I kind of I just kind of like he does play like an enjoyable brand of basketball. World Steph, yeah, he's like just a little bit edgier. It looks like you know he might be a little bit. Um, he's Sebastian Telfair like, if Telfair had talent. That's, <laughs> that's, I mean that's how I look at him. He even wears Telfair's number, which really throws me off. Really like takes if, you off. Like if he throws on that damn headband again, I'm gonna be like, oh god, I'm just gonna have flashbacks of drafting Telfair and then passing on Chris Paul and Darren Williams. It's like, it's, it's not <laughs> a positive to, we memory. Need to get, we need to get past this. Yeah. Um, so anything else you want to discuss about the um, three guard lineup or um, CJ was facilitating. CJ was facilitating early on to start the game. I think he, of his four assists, I think CJ had three of them in the first five minutes. Mm -hmm. Like the Blazers' offense came out against the Utah team, who, I mean, this is a team that plays defense. Quinn Snyder does not let them not yeah. play defense. It's Derek Favors, it's Rudy Gobert, it's Ricky Rubio, it's Joe Ingles, it's Donovan Mitchell. Like literally, their starting five all play defense. Mm -hmm. Like they're all plus defenders. Um, so for Portland to get out on the way they did, start the way they did was was pretty impressive. Like, preseason or not, Quinn Snyder's one of those guys, like, he's going to be a com competitor all the time. Like, he's going to look angry at all times. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I love Quinn Snyder. Um, I, I, if Terry Stoss was not the Blazers coach, he would be the next guy in line. Like, I love Snyder. I love how, uh, how he has his guys get after it. And so... Yeah, why don't you just move to Salt Lake City? Hey, the, be with the, them and your I'm telling son, you, Donovan out, Mitchell. Outside of the Blazers, that is the team that, it, for me, is the most enjoyable of basketball to watch. I, I love the like, and it and it, the thing is, it's very very different offensively and defensively from how Portland runs things. I, I just appreciate both styles uh, and and how their coaches go about creating opportunities within the offense and taking them away defensively. Um, but CJ was was doing a phenomenal job starting the game, getting other guys going, particularly Nurkic and uh, and Damian Lillard. Like the, he was actively hunting things out, and Dame was working off ball, and it was it was uh, it was nice to see because I know a lot of people are, are critical of CJ and his it's not an inability, it's just his um, lack of 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 delivery in the counting columns when it comes to, to assists. But I think a lot of that also has to do with being on the floor at the second unit and being responsible for scoring and setting the table last season. Here's the thing I think about CJ is that CJ is really good at like going out and executing exactly what he needs to do. And so CJ, I think CJ always has extra things that he could be doing, but he's not doing them because that that's not what is required of him at the time. 
So, like, just as we saw him progress and get better and better over the years, he's always been like, well, I could always do all these other things. Like, we know when he got the most improved player, he was like, I was always this good. I just didn't have, I, you know, the opportunity to show it. And I feel like his skill sets is he's always using just the, he's like very conservative with them. He runs a lot. He has to cover a lot of ground. So I think he like can't spend a whole lot of energy doing other things that are not a necessary part of what he needs to do. So I think he's like really conservative about not doing anything extra. But then when you add more responsibilities, he takes them on easily because it's always stuff that he's always been able to do. He just hasn't been asked to do it. I think it's a fair assessment. Um, yeah. And even more than that, I think there was his responsibilities last year were different from what maybe fans were expecting. Like maybe they were expecting him to set the table more with the second unit, but I mean, can you really set the table more with effectively with the second unit when you don't have the floor spacing, when you're the primary creator and right. the primary score? Like that's, that's a difficult line to walk. And when you're, you, you're constantly, you're, you throughout your career, you're a lead guy whose job is get buckets. Mm-hmm. Then it's hard to go over that, over that level. Mm-hmm. Well, so one player who's had kind of a rough preseason, and that is Zach Collins. He's, I, I still believe that I was watching him on defense for a while, at least for the first half of the game tonight. And he was doing a lot of like setting. Well, at the beginning of the game, he was getting called for a bunch of screens. Okay, <laughs> let, let, he, let, the one in particular where he, the first one he got called for. Listen, I want Zach to do well and I want him to be physical, but that was a really, really just not good play. Like yeah, he the big full hip on check. the full on hip check. Like it was yeah. it looked lazy. It was like, dude, like there was a few people yeah. around me who, who were like, that's not a foul. I, I, I audibly like I was like, no, that was a foul. He hip checked it. Like there was nothing like it was it yeah. looked like a frustration foul, right? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't no, I, be I having those. On that one. In the that pre-season. one was just like, ooh. But I mean he kind of started off the game like that and then he settled down a little yeah. bit. And he ran and he did a lot of secondary screening. Like he did a lot mm-hmm. of he wasn't involved in the play with the ball, but he was involved off the ball, setting screens and slowing people down and clogging up space. So he was doing that part okay. And I, I just think it's gonna take a while to figure out what his role is, especially without Ed Davis and him gonna have to pair. I think I don't think he's ready to be a starter, and I think it's going to take some time for him to figure out how he fits in with Nurkic now and how he fits in with Myers after having been so carefully cultivated to do things with Ed Davis. I think it's going to it's going to take him a while. And I, you know, I know the whole thing about we need they need to get off to a, a really great start, and I think they're going to. I if it was me, and I know nothing about any game planning or anything like that, (laughs) but if it was me, I would have a really limited set of things that are expected of him, at least at the beginning, and then add on to it as he gets more used to having different personnel in there with him. Because he's one of those guys, I think, that does go out there and try to do too many things. Um, And, like, the, you know, the way that he plays defense, you know, can be really helpful. He's got that. He's got good timing. He's got good form, but we you just can't ask him to do too many things. And you can't the, ask the, him to be Ed Davis. And I think people are are like and and Joe hit on this tonight when we were talking about it on the show. Like you can't ask Zach Collins to come in and give you what Ed Davis gave you because if he could well, do he's that, he's never going to be that kind of player. No, exactly. He's not the same player at all. 
No, and not not, not that dude, any shooting man. Rebounder who wanted to get put back, mm -hmm. putbacks. Yep. Zach is a shooter who roams the floor. They're completely different, which is why they were paired up together because they complemented each other. And he needs to figure out how he can now complement these two other guys who also play very different from Ed Davis. There is yep. nobody like Ed Davis on the team anymore, except for possibly Biggie. We'll see. Um, so sorry, I was no, ranting. no, it's perfect. <laughs> I love, I love. So rants. anyway, yeah, I, 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 I don't. I don't think he's had – he hasn't looked great during the preseason. There's a couple more games, but a game against Phoenix and a game against Sacramento, I don't think he learns as much as he does from a game uh, against Utah. To what an extent, yes. Yeah. Overall, I think you're right, but I think it's more about reps, specifically about reps against big dudes. Like, yeah. Zach has just not looked – like, for all the talk about how he's put on extra weight and he's bigger, he's stronger – I have yet to see Zach use his size, use his strength, use his new weight to be physical with somebody like who sees it coming. Like people are like, oh, he was physical when he set that, that screen on Jay Crowder. Well, yeah, I mean, if I hip check Jay Crowder when he doesn't see it coming, he's probably going to go over too. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just kind of the nature of the beast. But like when he got when he had Crowder down low in the post. He didn't like uproot him or fight for position and 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 try to you know establish some sort of physical dominance, and I haven't seen that on defensive end either. And people can argue that that block shots or getting big in the paint or standing tall in the paint, you know, being vertical, takes some strength. Yeah, to an extent, but I've seen other bigs and even some smalls so far physically kind of beat him up, and that's not entirely. It's it's not it's not a cool th it's not a, not a fun, promising sign early on. Like I I think he still needs to get those reps and playing against a team like Sacramento who has like thirteen centers, will be a good thing <laughs> for him. Like they've got Willie Cauley Stein, um, they've got Marvin Bagley. I mean they've, they've got a bunch of guys who like if he can't handle a kid who just came out of college and Marvin Bagley, then I I, I think that's it's not necessarily like a, a sign of worry. I think it just more points to like hey. Maybe the whole plays that close to the basket thing isn't really, you know, in the cards, at least right now. And you you play him like you played him last year and you ask Myers or Caleb to, to be the guy inside. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think that he just needs to work out what his role alongside a, a new big is going to be yeah. because he was so comfortable in that role with Ed and Ed took care of a lot of things that he didn't do and Nurkic and uh, Myers are not going to do that because it's not part of their skill set or that's not how the plays are designed. So they just, it's going to take a while to figure it out, which, you know, Let, let's go big picture stuff here. Cause you, you just hit on it. And I, I makes the easy segue here. Mm -hmm. How have you liked how Collins and Nurk have played together in the limited minutes that they've had? I mean, I, I really have a hard time. I don't know yet. I really need to go back and watch it again because mm -hmm. it goes by it just goes by too fast for me to make a you know make a decision like that. I mean, Nurk has been playing so well and like I said earlier, what I he, see He's Zach a nice doing perfume. is well, I see him occupying other people off the ball mm -hmm. who might not have necessarily even been involved in whatever Nurkic was doing anyway. Um so I really, I really don't know. I, I can't. What about you? What do you think? How they've been playing together? 
Offensively, the floor spacing is a little wonky. Um, the Blazers are doing, from what I've noticed, they look like they're running a little bit different set, a little bit of a three-out, two-in, throwback kind of set, like when the Blazers had LaMarcus and uh, Lopez, um, with Zach and, and Nurk both kind of operating around the high post, uh, horde sets, which they, they do run a lot of, basically it's, it's what they did when they had Ed and Zach on the floor last year. So it's a little bit of a different look with Nurkic and Collins. Um, defensively, uh, he's got that, like, that, 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 that hall pass. He has the, the ability to roam, which is what he's really good at. Like that that is where Zach Collins is comfortable. Um, and I, I've seen him roaming defensive. Roaming on defense? Yes, roaming on defense. Like being the guy that, that, the, that is the help side defender, coming over, hedging, showing, rotating, closing down, coming over to alter or block a shot uh, off a rotation. His time as the primary defender, the primary rim defender at you know the last line of defense – um, it hasn't been great so far in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's definitely been a very, very mixed bag. He's had a couple decent plays. He's had a couple okay plays. He's had a couple really bad plays. Um, and I, I think, and this is something we, we talked about earlier. At least you and I did. I'm to the point with Zach where I think he's like he's just a slow starter. Like he has mm-hmm. to kind of work his way into the season. And there have been yeah. a million players like this in the past. Like, that's not an uncommon thing by any – that's not an insult. That's just some guys come into the season ready to go. Like, Dane well, – it's exactly what I said in yeah. terms of he needs to figure out what his role is with these mm-hmm. new players, and it's going to take him a little while. Yeah, and, and I, I think it could be like that if it was exactly the same roster as last year. I, I think he needs – Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think he's just a slow starter in the season. Like I think he needs like to get the reps, and it, 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 it's something that could eventually disappear entirely. I could be completely wrong, but from what I see and what what I'm looking at when I watch him, it looks very reminiscent reminiscent of last year. Not the level of play, but the same kinds of things where he's hunting these things out. And again, that was a transition year last year from college to the NBA, and this year now not having Ed Davis. So perhaps if everything is exactly the same next year. Maybe it all disappears, but maybe he's just a guy that he needs, you know, more reps because he's still a young dude. He still doesn't have, you know, like the the 10,000 hours, you know what I mean? Like the idea of that repetitive basketball where you're playing night in, night out, over and played one year of college basketball. He's got one year in the NBA. The dude is yeah, two years removed from high school. I was just going to say that. Like he hasn't had much continuity at, at the high level. Because he was only in college for one year, and then he just had one year of the Blazers, and yeah, so this is and this, this is, is a whole this is his first time in four years where he's had the same coach two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna take a while. So I don't. I mean, I don't think either of us are thinking that like we're throwing our hands up in the air and saying this isn't gonna work. I nope. think we're both agreeing it might take a little while. Um, but there's enough other interesting things going on that like. You know, he needs to figure it out pretty quick if the Blazers are going to get off to that fast start that we need them to get off to. But at the same time, there's enough other interesting things going on that um, maybe it won't be the end of the world if he doesn't figure it out right away. I don't know. I'm feeling more optimistic now about about things than I was earlier in the summer. Just the overall um, in general or Zach? Just overall in general, and and therefore for Zach. Okay. You know what I mean? 
Well, let, well, let's drag sense? that positive attitude through the mud so far, and let's talk about some of the the not great things we've seen so far through the first couple okay. preseason games. And this one sucks because I really, 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 really want him to do well. Which I mean, which means I, I'm pretty certain you know which way I'm going with this. Wade Baldwin. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Wade is well, he's granted he's running with his, like the third and a half fourth unit. Yeah. He. He looks reminiscent of Shabazz last year when Shabazz, it became obvious where Shabazz was kind of playing for his contract. Okay. Like Wade looks like he's playing outside of himself. However, he's playing I, to prove himself. Yeah. And I think Instead he just to needs be to a part be of Wade. What needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. And like you can see it's still there. The dude picked up Dante Exum full court. By the way, mm-hmm. Dante Exum and Wade Baldwin picking each other up, like taking turns, picking each other yeah. up full court was easily one of my favorite parts of the night. Like it was like six possessions in a row. Like they're like, Oh, you want me? Okay, cool. And then, Oh, it's my yeah. turn. Okay. And then it was like, I love we- watching him full court press. <laughs> he gets after it. And here's the thing. Wade Baldwin it, it, it is going through the same, I think maturation issues, save the injuries that Dante Exum went through. Like mm. I think Wade Baldwin is very, 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 very similar to Dante Exum. Huh. Incredibly athletic, explosive, wiry, stupid wingspan. Loves to play defense. A competitor has a few black eyes when it comes to the offensive production um, ability to shoot the ball, create off the balance, that kind of thing. But incredible athleticism, crazy fast, uh, explosive first step, uh, a, a tenaciousness on defense. But there were a lot of things that hung up outside of injuries, just production and value on the offensive side before. Exum really realized, like, hey, when I'm healthy, I know I can get on the floor by doing this, this, and this, which was play defense, run the team efficiently, and finish at the rack. If mm-hmm. Wade can – Wade, we know he can play defense. Can he run the team? Um, he's, he's looked spotty so far. Um, running the, the summer league versus running the team during the regular season is, are two very different things. And three, shooting. Uh, from what we've seen from Stotts, it looks like Stauskas is going to be the guy, like the dark horse candidate who's going to come out of nowhere, who's going to work his way into the rotation, get some minutes, and make something happen. Myers is looking well enough, I think, to where he's justified getting some minutes. Don't you think? Yeah. So far, I mean, I think they're right. his to lose. Yeah, so so those those few minutes are wrapped up. Stauskas is taking a few of those minutes. We don't know the status of Harkless or or uh, E.T. going into the season. I, I, I believe E.T. should be okay Harkless, I'm still... Yeah, we got to talk about that in, in yeah, a minute. Yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. That was kind of the segue I was looking for there. It kind of gives us that opening. <laughs> but, but there's got to be other things that, that you're worried about in terms of play that you've that you've seen. But, I mean, yeah, but Wade... Yeah, Wade in particular, though, because I know so many people, and me in, in particular, want to see him do well. Like, there is a stark difference between summer league and regular season. I know people say that. I know a lot of people believe it. But a lot of people, I think, want to believe in the folk hero that is Wade Baldwin because of how hard he works and because of that iconic moment against James Harden where he just beat him up. Like, it, was, it was wonderful. And I, I think a lot of that lives in that moment. But I just, from the production that I've seen, the way, or lack of production is probably a better way to phrase it, the way Stotts has utilized him or not utilized him, uh, I don't think he's got a chance to crack into the early season rotation if Harkless and E.T. are healthy. Those yeah, two aren't healthy. Yeah, if those two are healthy, then the aren't healthy, then yeah, any anything can happen. But with those guys there, I think he's probably the eleventh guy. So I just, I just in spot minutes, a James Harden gets hot, a Donovan Mitchell gets hot, or whatever, and you want to like try to wear him down, like how he made his debut. Cool, 
fine, totally get that. But but regular rotation minutes, uh, I don't think so. But seeing him as one of the guys when you, like you immediately go to garbage time, I think he's the first guy off the bench. I can see Stotts using him in the way that he has been known in the past to use Myers when Myers wasn't part of the regular rotation, but Boogie came to town, yep. and they would be like, oh, here's somebody that I know is just really going to get under Boogie's skin. He's going to drive here's him Myers nuts. Leonard. Yep. And I could see... When Harden comes to town? With Baldwin. Yeah, when yep. Harden comes to town. Oh, exactly. God, not this guy again, you know? Because even yeah. the Harden who's got to be sitting there going, I'm really going to have to work for these next few possessions. This sucks. You just watch him. Just, yeah, I, and you I can, can really see him just give up a ball. Game. Yeah, I mean, he did. I mean, he that even though the Blazers lost that game, he was the catalyst because they were getting their butts kicked in that. I think they were down twenty at the time, and Stotts like, you know what, Wade, go go do something. And yeah, that that's was a the catalyst. Where they came to, back, right? And they had to yeah, put in their yeah, starters. They had to put all their starters. And D'Antoni was, <laughs> was pissed. So great. Yeah, but I mean, it was, it was the catalyst was Wade. Just, I, I, he picked Harden's pocket twice, back to back possessions. Just ate him alive. It was like. Okay, and listen, I want him to do well. I want to see him do well. Good, mm-hmm. great, grand, awesome. Um, Aminu has looked like Aminu. I think you're going to get what you're going to get out of him. Um, All I sh- appreciation from me. Yes. All appreciation. So if Aminu is not going to be with the Blazers by the end of the season or if he doesn't resign as a free agent, before he leaves Portland, I want to get the hashtag Aminu Appreciation Society trending at least one time. He's going to have a great night, and I want you got to help me make that um, make that trending because I just don't know that people. <laughs> I think people are so get so caught off by his somewhat erratic looking play that they maybe overlook how valuable he is to the team. Oh, the second that man's gone and the Blazers don't have a ready-made replacement for him, it'll become very apparent how important he is or was. Oh. Like that's, he, yeah. that's a real thing. So uh, you got to help me with that. Hashtag Aminu Appreciation Society. You, you with your big fancy platform, if you do nothing else for me, help me get hashtag Aminu Appreciation I, I, Society I will trending. absolutely do that. And like I, I, I want to kind of before we transition to the, the Harkless and, and Turner injury stuff, little, little elephant in the room. Yes, anybody who's listening, that was my fat head you saw during the halftime show. Yes, that was part of the surprise I was talking about. And yes, it was one of the coolest moments of my life. Thank you. <laughs> oh, getting to do the getting halftime, to do the halftime show, show on the floor tonight, of the Motor yeah. Center was, was awesome. It was an absolute blast. Um, I can't believe they let you down there. Yeah, I, I can't believe it either. We were down on the floor, you know, pregame before a shoot around and, Everybody's walking by. Mitchell's walking by. Ingles. Ingles, he's a big dude, by the way. I, people don't yeah. understand how big he is. Rudy Gobert walked by. And I was like watching a, a, a Brontosaurus walk by just because he Rudy was Rudy Gobert's so He's so tall. long. He's so, not just tall, yeah. long. Everything about he that is. man is just long. I stood next to him at Summer League. And, and I it's, was it's like, hilarious. my God, this man goes on as long as, yeah. like, I don't know, what's a really long river? Like, he was he's just like. The Nile. There you go. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he is, was tall. It, it's crazy, and it's, it's really long. humbling to go when, when you're like, oh, I could do this if I was. No, you can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> These dudes are unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Get, getting to go down, to the, you know, being a part of the halftime show or being the halftime show and uh, being around the players and, and just kind of taking it all in, that was, that was one of the coolest moments of my life. So shout out to everybody who – 
who, who's Yay. been supportive and, and all that stuff. Cause it was, it was an absolute blast. It was a little bit weird cause I had people all around me right there on, you know, on the baseline, people have got their cell phones out because they see some jerk with a microphone. They're like, Hey, this guy must be important. Newsflash. No, I'm not random dude with the <laughs> microphone. They let on the floor. I, I stole it and security had to come take it away from me. And so. this has been the spotlight on Dan yep. segment. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I'm very proud of you. It's amazing that uh, how hard you've worked to get here. So that's thank you. Good for you. Um, yeah, love seeing your big old face up there. That is a it is a big Shane. face too. You guys seem to have a great time. It, it was that all three of us had a great time. So thank you to everybody who's been supportive and everybody who hates us. Just keep watching. That's that's all I care about. <laughs> you can hate me all you want. Talk all the Twitter comments and, and Facebook and everywhere else. Hate me all you want, but just keep turning on the show. That's all I ask. Um, oh, they just don't know you, Dan. Oh no, they, they got they, to know you. They, they'd hate me even more. <laughs> That is not true. Uh, you try to act like you're all tough, but you're you're not. I'm a big softie. You're a, a big softie on the yeah. inside. Um, speaking of, of terrible things on the inside, um, Evan Turner and Maurice Harkless obviously didn't play you tonight. You should really leave me in charge of the transitions. No, I'm, 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 I'm going for the, all the terrible ones right now. Um, okay, not, so yeah, my question not, not about Turner Harkless. You're acting like you're not at all worried about Turner and that you're yep. thinking you're pretty confident that Harkless is coming back. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm much, I'm much more worried, worried about, about Turner. Really? See, I'm more worried about Harkless because E.T. E uh, has said that, you know, he, he thought it was bad at first, but this is, this is more a precautionary thing, but he was, he, like, he would have been okay to go otherwise. With Har I, I, Harkless, Harkless also rolled his ankle. You, you heard that, yeah. right? So yes. not, not only is his knee jacked, his ankles rolled now too. So that that to me sounds like compensation, right? Okay. So uh, like that's the, not like one one part wasn't working, so it went out and hurt the other. The yeah. Other I just worry about the Turner thing because I remember when Ed had to go and get shoulder surgery, and Myers had yeah, yeah. I mean Myers, we saw him get it ripped out of the socket. And it was like oh yeah, there's something wrong yeah. there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that was clearly a problem. Yeah, he um, played through that. But and it was just like all of a sudden he was gone and he was getting surgery. And I think shoulders are, I don't, shoulders they're finicky are just beasts. Like, they're not the sexiest of injuries, you know. Like the mm. knee ones are the ones that get all the glamour and attention, you know. If there's like such a thing as you know a sexy injury, which of course there's not, but like everybody focuses a lot on the knees, you know, with with good reason. But I don't know. Just it's something the most frequent about it of the major injuries worries me. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm. Well, ET's a guy a who I, I think he'll, he'll understand it. And from what I've heard, he, it's, it's more of like a precautionary thing, and he's gonna be okay. I hope so. Well, so, but another way to ask the question though is, um, which, which is more worrisome to you if Turner or Harkless had to miss extended time? Uh, there's no ready-made replacement for either one. They're kind of like the quasi-replacement for each other, so it, it sucks yeah. either way. <laughs> but I yeah. think the Harkless ones is, is, is a little bit harder to recover from because they don't have another one of those guys who can just fit in. Like, the reason Evan Turner is getting the ball to become that point forward is because in order to be successful, he needs the ball in his hands. Harkless doesn't need that. And the Blazers, the mm -hmm. only other guy they have that's remotely like that is Aminu. Now, they could do something funky where they slide a Minu down to the three and bring somebody else in, like Layman at the four, or bring Layman in 
you know, have immune state before, whatever you want to call it. Um, which not a good thing with the way the Blazers season starts, like schedule wise. Like it's a tough start to the season. You pull Harkless out of that lineup, it's kind of like, this is getting a little difficult. If you pull Harkless and Turner out, if they make it out of the first 12 games above 500, I will call it a major success. Because mm-hmm. the, like, not only is the, the, the position of most need, it's the position of the shallowest depth on the roster, hands down. Like Even the Blazers' front court yeah. has more bodies than that small forward position. Well, the thing that worries me is that I had... Yeah, I mean, maybe this is not anything I need to worry about, but I had fully embraced or wrapped my head around the concept that Turner was going to basically run that second unit, even mm-hmm. though he's not a point guard. I was like totally fine with that because I like it when he has the ball in the hands with the with that second unit. And with, I was like with four shooters around. Yeah, it's great. Right, exactly. I mean, and I was excited because this year we did have, like, last year it was tough because, like, Shabazz also had to have the ball in his hand, and then there weren't as many shooters around. Turner was supposed to be one of the shooters rather than, you know, the ball player. So it just, I was thinking that this year it made a lot of sense that, okay, in the second unit, there's a nominal point guard, but Turner's really the guy who's running the offense. And if Turner's not around to run the offense in that second unit, I'm concerned about who's going to be the floor general at that point. Uh, I, I think it'll end up being Seth or and, and or CJ, um, whoever ends up staying out there. Maybe it's Dame who ends up staying like out there. Like they might go back to just the regular Dame and CJ, just Stagger. nobody being off the court. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think it's a possibility if, if Mo and ET aren't ready to go. Like I said, I think ET will be ready to go. I mean, they've done it before, so yeah. it's not like they have to learn it all over again, I guess. No, but the lack of, of flexibility that, that the position that puts you in, along with a lack of length and size, like, man, that's that's not a, a good position to be in because now the depth of your front court is in, is in question and the depth of your of your your wing core is depleted. Like, your your wings consist of Jake Lehman and if you want to swing Stauskas or Curry up to the three. Or Stauskas well, I, or I guess, uh, Trent I guess the good three. thing of what we've seen so far, all the early caveats in place, mm-hmm. what we've seen so far of... Curry and Stauskas is they uh, they appear to be more multidimensional than I at least had initially thought that they would be. So I don't think that either of them are guys who are just going to do, you know, catch and shoot like Alan Crabb did. Because that was like the comparison. I was like, one of these guys is going to be like the Alan Crabb, which is just catch and shoot. But they seem to have a, a broader skill set than that. And so if there is no Turner to floor general, I at least feel like there's other guys who have the capability of that skill getting set, assists yes. and creating things. Yep. Whether I, I, or not they want to like run the floor, they can at least, you know, make the the passes and get the assists and get it to the open guy. All right, let, let's let's take a look at this because we're we're kind of running short on time here because we've already gone a little bit longer than we usually do just because there's so much to talk about. Uh, big scheme things, we've got the Suns and the Kings left on the schedule. What what are the things that you want to see, hope to see, um, good and bad? I really want to see Myers continue to have success with shooting and shooting from various parts on the floor and being and Nurkic being able to do multiple things. I really want to see the two. I think if our two, you know, two of our major big men hit the beginning of the season on a high note, like, you know, going, going strong. I think that'll bode really well for the rest of the team. Uh, Because 
you know, if even if they have, you know, the, a, a question mark for either Mo or Turner, if you have Nurkic playing strong, you got Damon CJ all ready to go, and you have Aminu who's always reliable. I don't think that the, um, you know, that mystery third position is as worrisome mm-hmm. as it would be if the, you know, the uh, Nurkic was struggling as well. So yep. yeah, I want to see I want to see them continue to to play strong. How about you? Um, the first one for me is to me it's most important. Get through the preseason healthy. Get uh-huh. through the get get Et right. Get Harkless right. Get Curry some confidence, and, and then that, that leads into my second one. Get Curry and Collins need to have good games, like just for a confidence standpoint, both for for them and for us. Like I yeah. think people are excited about what Seth Curry brings. But I think Seth Curry needs to have like one of these games where he comes in and, and just microwaves. Like he just needs to get okay. up like 13, 14 shots in a game. Like I hope Stotts does that. Like get him his swagger, get him his confidence, get him really, really involved, feature him to an extent. Same thing with Collins. Like I want to see him get physical with somebody. And this is the part where I don't care. I do not give a damn one bit about him getting a foul if it's him being physical in a sense that in a in a way that makes sense. Not in the, mm-hmm. not in the throw your hip at Jay Crowder because you're pissed off about something sense, but like fight for position and, and get the position and own it. Like let mm-hmm. everybody out there who's on the floor with you know that you are going to fight them for that 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 that, that inch of space. Like that's why that fighting octopus that yeah. Myers has in him. <laughs> yeah, that, bring that. Like, like be okay, physical. maybe you get a foul for grabbing someone's arm or whatever. But I you don't were care all about that. Over him, draped yep. over him in a million ways, and it's like, ah, well, that's fine. Myers, when he was wrestling with Greg Monroe the other night, like Monroe had this look, like, dude, it's preseason. <laughs> You're gonna remember that all year. <laughs> the, the look on Monroe's face. Well, the look on Monroe's <laughs> face said everything. Like, dude, I did not sign up for this crap tonight. <laughs> Like, like I, this is a preseason game. I'm in my like eleventh year. I didn't want to deal with this. This this big dude is throwing me around. I want no part of this. Like I want to see that from Zach. I want to see him. I don't care. If it's a big. I don't care if it's a small. Just show it to me in a sense that like okay, you're understanding the mentality of what it needs to be to own that that painted piece of land right there. Like that's that to me. I think is the most important thing for the Blazers is is the, the bench. You know what you're getting from the starters, so the, the the bench has got to figure something out. Like the starting lineup has been phenomenal so far for the Blazers, so th- through the preseason, like they've done everything everybody could have asked. Like they, I think they've won their matchups in every one of their games. Mm-hmm. The Toronto one was probably a push, um, and even then, that's okay. Like that, that Toronto starting lineup was is a nightmare to deal with, especially when they put Ibaka at the five. I don't think the Blazers saw that coming. Like that's that's a difficult you know thing to deal with. Um, but otherwise, they've been great. Where they've given up ground, and sometimes a ton of ground, is when Damon CJ leaves the floor. Find a way to get Seth involved, get Collins involved on both ends of the floor, and get them a feature game to get them the confidence for, for them and, and the fans heading into the season. So health and then those two guys really getting it going, getting a, a booster like to, to kind of kickstart off the season. Okay. I mean... That that's, that's that sounds pretty positive, Dan. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. Okay, one last really quick question. Mm-hmm. Where are you in uh, the Myers Leonard facial hair? I am one hundred percent behind. Grow it. it, grow it. I think I have I have a theory that remember a couple of years ago when he wanted to grow his hair out. And like it was going to be the year of Myers, and he was growing. Ellie was totally against that. That 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 was the wife said no. He cut his hair, and it was like Samson. (laughs) 
Like, yeah. I was like, if she hadn't, or if who, I don't know, they said it was Ellie. I don't know who yeah. it was, but if he hadn't cut his hair, I 100% believe that he would have gone on to have an amazing year. So I think <laughs> if Myers Leonard wants to grow out the facial hair, get a big, like, Valentinus beard. Oh, eventually. yeah. I, of course, it'll take a while. Yeah, I with think Myers. He just needs to go for it. So I, I, if you had to make me bet, but who could grow a beard? facial hair better thicker faster between joe simons and myers leonard that would be a tough call <laughs> and let me tell you folks that is not a race you want any part of that is a that is a tortoise against a tortoise i, I love i okay. love both my guys but yeah but i i'm still all in favor like this is the year i think, of myers I think it would are, come in just in fine my sons have blonde hair, strawberry mm. blonde hair, and they all have like super, well, two of them have like super bushy, big beards that they were able to grow, even though they have light hair. It took a while for it to come in, but if they can do it, I think Myers Leonard can do it too. I, like I said, I'm all here for it. I've always been a fan of his. Um, I want to see him be successful, and I think it's very crucial to Portland's success this year to have him be Absolutely. A, and he doesn't have to be the most valuable piece on the franchise. I'm just saying he needs to be productive on the minutes that he's out there, and I think they're going to need him to play a consistent 10 to 12 minutes a night. I think that's going to be right where he hovers around. So, yeah, pro, I'm pro just so excited that we have basketball to talk Thank about. Thank God. <laughs> I have all the basketball it. in the world to talk about. <laughs> All That's this all week. you do all day long. Literally, I'm talking it all every night this week. I, I've got to do some some promo stuff tomorrow night. We've got the show Tuesday night, game Wednesday night, show Thursday night, game Friday night. I'm like, this is awesome. I am literally doing basketball with the the stuff I had yesterday. I'm literally going to have seven straight days of basketball, and I have never been happier than my life. This is awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's let's end that. Let's let's end it on that high note. Um, we are let's see as we as I was not allowed to say at the beginning, we are the Blazers Edge podcast. So hey. you can find us in the Blazers Edge podcast feed on whatever podcast catcher that you use. You should like us and rate us and subscribe us. There's a one um, review on there where they say something about how um, they gave us one star because they said. As soon as I heard that they thought that a college team could build, could beat the 76ers, I was out. And I'm first, I'm like, first of all, that's like, what, four years old? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, we got to get some people to get in there and give us some good reviews to drown out that one. Because that's yeah. the top one. And it makes us sound like we don't know what we're doing. Uh, anyway, you can find me on Twitter at TCBBigs. You can also follow my uh, the, my other podcast that I do that comes out in the Blazers Edge podcast feed at Hoops and Talks. It's the Hoops and Talks podcast. comes out every other week. Um, I think that's, that does about does it for me. Dan, why don't you take us out of here? All right, folks. As always, you can find me on Twitter at DMarang. Same with also every other social media need, Instagram, Snap, whatever. It's all the same everywhere else. You can also find me on every game night, pre and post game show on NBC Sports Dance Northwest. Everywhere. I am everywhere. You cannot get it with me. <laughs> you will sporadically see me popping up on your TV during halftime uh, throughout the preseason. Um, otherwise, uh, hour, hour roughly before tip and after uh, Michael Holton and Jordan Kent finish up with the post game show with the Blazers Broadcasting, right over to NBC Sports Northwest. I guess you'll be watching there anyways, where Joe Simon, Shane Brennan, and I will have the post game show, which should be about an hour long each night so really cool to be able to talk about that um and excited to see what, what that all means this season and again thank you to everybody who's been supportive of, of that whole venture uh it's been really cool but tara i'm danny everybody else thanks for listening we'll catch you guys next week bye